paid for a debt we couldn't pay. And um, glad for glad for the time today to just reflect on our Savior, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then tonight, as we we get ready for the the Lord's uh, supper, just to um, again have the opportunity to remember what Jesus died, uh, what Jesus did for us. And uh, you know, my heart's a bit heavy tonight, thinking about. Our, our brethren in Sri Lanka, and change gears a little bit. We're going to turn to First Peter chapter four, and I was going to go through and just pick up just the next phrase, um, the last sayings of Jesus Christ, famous last words, and we're going to look at John chapter nineteen. But tonight, I think it'd be appropriate to be reminded here in First Peter chapter four, and so we'll. Uh, just trust the Lord will lead us here tonight. You know, I was thinking, thinking this afternoon, just hearing about all that was happening and the commotion that was happening over in Sri Lanka with, with the bombings. I just realized that sometimes we really do live such sheltered lives as Christians in the West. And, you know, with that, sometimes it can breed a really shallow Christianity. And, you know, we, uh, we can sometimes joke about our first world problems. And we look at the, the things that we complain about. But none of us here, our lives weren't in danger this week. Now, we came here with great hopes of the day. We brought guests and we were comfortable to do that because we knew just by and large they wouldn't be in danger. But if you think about Christianity in its history, you know that Christianity has always been paired with trials and suffering. And that's why many times I think we are very shallow and and at times be ineffectual in what we do for the Lord. We, we focus on things that really, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter. And I was just evaluating my own heart, you know. I was challenged in the beginning of this year at uh, a message I heard uh, that Brother Shemish preached, which was, um, you, know, we, you know, Brother Shemish, he, he's a missionary of ours, um, in Thailand, another 1040 country, they've had some sort of unrest as well over the last year with a military coup in their country and all of that, and then elections recently. And, and he challenged uh, us preachers uh, in a message, would we do what we do if it meant we were in poverty? Because I think sometimes we do the work of the ministry for the very, very wrong reasons, and, you know, we, we sort of pick up, pick up on things. And sometimes we in the West who have the comforts that God has blessed us with, we're pretty shallow in our, we're pretty shallow in our faith. And, you know, we, we get sideways when brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so doesn't greet us. We, we get upset because our seat was taken 
We couldn't park as closely as we could to the church. We, we form opinions of each other based on presumption. And yet we have brethren who are, by and large, every day they put their lives at risk. And uh, they're just glad that they can get to church and be with their church family. And Peter, in his, uh, his general epistle to the churches in those areas that he mentions in chapter 1, and it's uh, interesting, isn't it, God's timing? We just looked at First Peter as, a, as our study on, on a Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago. But again, this book is all about the perils without all of the trials and suffering. And, and this was written at a time where Christians were getting greatly persecuted. They were going through a great deal of suffering at the hand of uh, a government that really just were in disagreement and were vehemently against Christianity. And, you know, it's sort of like today, sometimes we look at uh, how, how things are played out, and not, not just in our, in our nation, but all around the world. Often, you know, the, the wicked governments of this world will blame Christianity for the unrest, but, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not that way. And, and here is the situation that the people find themselves in. And Peter was writing to give perspective and, and encouragement during times of trial and suffering. And I just, uh, just really felt that the Lord would have us to go here. Look at chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Saying, don't be surprised by the reality of your suffering. Don't be surprised. And you know, tonight we could be shocked at just the senselessness of the situation in, in Sri Lanka. We are in, in just by geography so detached, aren't we, as Aussies? We're so far away from everything that, that sometimes even we as Christians, we don't realize again that there's far more around the world who are going through their fiery trials. And, um, you know, we, we look at the, the situation that we've just heard about in Sri Lanka, and God's telling us here, don't be surprised. He says, but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when His glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And, and the great thing about about re realizing this, this time that we live in and the, the suffering that, that uh, we see our brethren go through and we may even in our lifetime go through. And, and by the way, don't think that, that our government is friendly to Christians. You would be very naive to think that. Um, the, the world hates the truth. And the longer we have in this world the further away this world wants to be from the truth. And, and we're not ushering in the kingdom. God's trying to get us out of here. <laughs> and, and so we're living in a time where there's a great opportunity for us, but, but don't be surprised at the, at the, the trials and the, the persecutions that happen, the suffering. But he's saying rejoice in it. Because we, we, we're partaking of the sufferings of Christ. And really, as we think about the, the Lord's table tonight, we, we think about the, the broken body 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, we can't detach that from the suffering he faced. From, from the suffering he was willing to, to undertake for us. And, and yet, so much of our lives, we, we do to make our Christianity more comfortable. He's saying here, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Because we're, we're going to be partakers, we're going to partner up in Christ's suffering. In verse 14, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. And so there's, we ought to pray for our, our brethren in Sri Lanka that, that they would have this perspective, even though they're going through this, that they would rest, uh, that they would rest on God and, and understand that as they go through this danger, one, God has them, but then secondly, it's for His glory. That as they endure through this with, uh, with a, a spirit of trust and a spirit of, of peace upon Him, that His name, the, the name of Christ will be glorified. But then notice a warning in verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. You know, uh, sometimes we can look at that list and we can think, well, that's none of us. And, and we're reminded of the, the Lord Jesus' teaching that, you know, if you, you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Uh, that, you know, if we, we don't give to God what we ought to give, we are a thief. And, and he's saying here, don't suffer as an evildoer. And yet, you know, many times, if we're not careful, we can be desensitized to all of that that's happening in our hearts and in our lives. And we can approach a time like this and not take heed to the warning to examine our hearts and to get it right. We can, in our comfort, think that everything's okay. But we must, we must take great care to examine our own hearts because the warning is, is don't suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. And then notice the, the, the thought continues, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And I found that interesting as I was just sitting here reading through. And sometimes you forget the, the, the positioning of verses as they flow on. And, and you know, the, the, the suffering and all of that that, that Christians are all around the world, and particularly as we think about Sri Lanka tonight, there's still a judgment that must begin at the house of God. Notice this, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So he's saying here that, you know, he, he could send through the persecution. He could send through all of that that could, that could uh, judge us and could could clear out those, those uh, hidden things of our heart. But he's saying, you know, better for us to, to suffer as Christians and better for us to judge ourselves. Better for us that judgment must begin at the house of God and it first begin at us. What shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And notice verse 18, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, that means uh, saved from or preserved from suffering, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? And then he says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. 
And he's saying there the, the admonishment to the, the people who were going through literal suffering and literal persecution was that they commit themselves and their souls to a faithful Creator. And here's the comfort at the end. You know, as we think about our, our, our brethren over in Sri Lanka and perhaps probably in different parts of the world all of, that we've not even heard about, uh, the, the, the admonishment that the Scriptures make is that they can, they can commend themselves to a faithful Creator. And, and tonight, um, we ought to pray that, that they would be reminded that they have a faithful Creator who, who knows their situation, who knows the suffering that they go through even as He allows it. He says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing. You know, the, the, the attacks that happened, no one would have known. They, they would have just been going to their normal service today and not even really realizing it was going to escalate. And so they, this was out of their control. And I always say this, you know, the things that are out of our control are very much in God's control. And the comfort we have for our brethren over there is even as they go through this, that they're in the hands of a faithful creator. See, our situations don't change God's character. You might change your perspective on God. You might go through suffering this week and you might, you might feel very much, um, very much persecuted for, for standing on, on the things of the Word of God. You, you, might, you might even be ridiculed by being a witness. And the temptation there is to change our minds about God. But God doesn't change according to our situation. He's faithful. And he's, he's constant. He, he's the same yesterday, today, forever. And, and as we go through the, the times that we live in, and I'm telling you now, the comfort that we have and, and the, the liberty that we have, I believe the, the closer we get to the rapture, the closer we get to the time of tribulation, as we see the world around us, it's just getting worse. And we must, we, we must then um, be, be guarded to then when it's our turn to face those fiery trials, not to be surprised by them, but to commend ourselves to a faithful Creator. And, and you know, tonight, I, I just want um, to encourage you, you know, we're going to have the time of the Lord's table. Um, really, it's a time where judgment begins at the house of God. You know, whilst we don't face the the dangers of what, that others face, we also have a responsibility still to live faithfully. Not to live shallow Christian lives. Our circumstances are never an excuse for a shallow faith. And, and don't, don't, don't take the comfort for granted like it's just... You know, realize that, that Christ suffered for our sakes. And we are, ought to be partakers of that. And so, he says, if the, the time is come, that judgment must begin at the house of God. And so we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 now, as we so often have done. And I don't know, I just, uh, just wanted to, to give you that tonight. I could have given you a, a message this evening, but 
I think that's a bit more appropriate this evening. And maybe you just ponder on those things as you think about our brethren in Sri Lanka. Think about Brother Soren and, and the Unruhs. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and if, um, if the men can come, if the men can come to, to serve in the Lord's table, appreciate that. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, look at uh, verse 23 to 30. And what we're going to have now is our, our Lord's table. You may be seated, men. I need to stand. And um, This is one of the ordinances of the local church. And it's a time of remembrance. It's a time of reflection and, and evaluation of our own hearts. But notice here in verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup which he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So because of this, notice verse 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, remember we just, we just saw that verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, judgment begins at the house of God. It says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And so we have this time of, of remembering Jesus. We remember His sacrifice as we note the elements in the little while of the, the bread and the, the, the grape juice to represent His blood, the, elements before us, and we're driven to really a place of remembrance, but a, a place of confrontation. We're confronted with our own condition, and, and we're moved to a time of examination. And we've read already the warning given here for us. There's a command to get right and to get clean before you partake. So it's a time of asking for forgiveness from known sin. You know, many times we we often attribute sin to the things that we commit. But, but the, the famous verse where your sin will f- uh, be sure your sin will find you out is in the context of a sin of omission. You see, the Bible tells us to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it is a sin. And, and maybe there's, there's certain things in your, your life that you've been neglecting, things that you, you should be doing that you, you're not doing. Then, then this is a time to allow the Spirit of God to reveal that in your life. And then also this, humble yourself and then, and then confess that and get that right. It's a time of examination. If there is a, a thing that you've committed that is, that is a sin, maybe in a relationship, that's not right. Maybe in, in situations that, that is unknown to anyone else but is only known to you. Hidden sins of the heart, hidden idols of the heart then this is a time where God confronts you with that and remembering the Lord's sacrifice for you and I, we get it right. We confess it. 
It's a time of asking for forgiveness. It's a time of getting back to closeness with our Savior and put away those things that are not pleasing to Him. And so this ordinance that we're about to partake is for every believer. If you're saved here tonight, if you've put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, then it's for you. We note also that this is a picture that this doesn't, that the elements here of the, broker, of the bread and the, the grape juice doesn't literally turn into the, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a picture. It's meant to be a, a commemoration of that. But again, it's a time of examination and confession. And, and so I'm glad for your, your attendance this evening, but it's a time of seriousness and a time that we must come before God in, in grateful remembrance of His sacrifice and then in our remembrance get some things right that are not right so that we might honor the Lord and live, live for Him. All right, so we're going to take that time now to examine ourselves. And so the, the piano can begin to play and we're just going to take a little while. And maybe there's things that God brings to your, your heart and I implore you, um, God says to partake, but don't partake unworthily. That means this, you're confronted to, to get your sins right. It's not an excuse to just uh, pass on the elements. No, we who are here, if you're saved, you're supposed to take of this, but you're supposed to get right. And so take the time, let's examine ourselves and examine our hearts. Allow the Spirit of God to do that. And so let's make confession tonight. Let's, let's repent if there needs to be repentance. And let's just be clear before the Lord so that we might partake of this worthily.
All right, the, the first element tonight as we partake of the Lord's table is the, the bread. The bread is a remembrance of Christ's broken body. And in this bread, there's no leaven. Leaven is a picture of, um, of sin. And so no leaven is a picture of Christ's sinless body. Um, we know that Christ lived a perfect life. He was a perfect sacrifice. He was a sinless sacrifice. In 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. All right, so many, if you could please just um, have the bread ready. I'm thankful that he was willing to endure the cross, willing to suffer the brokenness in his body, willing to have those wounds inflicted upon him for our sins. And so I'm going to ask um, Brother George, please, if he could pray, and then we're going to wait until all have received.
Bible says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. The next element is the grape juice, and it's a remembrance of Christ's shed blood. A grape juice is unfermented to signify Christ's perfect blood. When you look at fermentation, it's a process of decaying. It's a picture of death and impurity. And Christ's blood is sinless and therefore free from death and decay, and His blood made atonement for our sins. In Matthew 26, 28, the Bible says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So many, if you could get ready for the grape juice. And again, if we could please wait until the end, until all have received. And Brother Robert, if you could please uh, pray a prayer of thanksgiving for the shed blood of Christ.
After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I'm glad for the promise in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And I'm glad for the return and the promised return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, until he returns, we will continue to remember him. And I hope that daily we would be thankful for him. And so I'm going to ask um, uh, Pastor EJ, why don't you just pray and then, um, and then we can be dismissed tonight. Thank you. Amen. All right. Have a great week.